You're listening to the Mom Inspired Show, episode 34 with Amy Dennis. Welcome to the Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, this week we have Amy Dennis on the show from Nice Branding. I thought she would be a great person to have on the show this week to demonstrate what it looks like when you don't have everything exactly mapped out, but you know you want to do something with your life and make it a life you really love. So if you're feeling stuck in a career or business that's going nowhere, or you're a stay-at-home mom and just want a better quality of life, or want to do something outside of raising a family, this is such a great podcast to listen to. She also gives us some advice on how to best market your brand on social media and how important it is to have processes in place even from the beginning. I hope the show leaves you really inspired to go after your dreams and just start somewhere. Hey, you guys, before we jump into today's episode, I just want to encourage you guys to check out the summer series called Cultivating Your Village with myself and Melissa Sharp. It's going to be coming to you at the end of June. So make sure you subscribe to the show so that you don't miss out. Because we're going to just talk about cultivating your village and what that looks like. And we all know it takes a village, but most of us are in the trenches of life and we don't understand what it means or how to gather a village around us. In this social media saturated world, it's easy to think we're doing life with others when sometimes we're really just watching others do life. So if having a village around us that makes us feel connected and fulfilled is so important, why is it so difficult? And this is what Melissa and I are going to be talking about at the end of June with Cultivating Your Village. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast and so that you don't miss this awesome series. Let's go to the show. Amy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, sure. No problem. So I like to start off every show with an icebreaker. and I love to travel. And so I love asking people where their favorite destinations are. So what is your favorite vacation spot that you've gone to and why? And this can be with or without kids. Okay. Uh, Probably favorite today. I mean, I don't know. I love to travel too. So I go a lot of fun places, but, um, I would probably say the one that sticks out the most is, uh, Cabo San Lucas. Yeah. Um, my husband and I went there on our honeymoon and that was a great trip, probably mainly because it was our honeymoon. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then, uh, we've, we've been back and, um, have plans to go back again soon. So I would probably say that's the one place we really love going. Yeah. Is there somewhere that you really love to stay or do you change it up? Um, yeah, we kind of change it up. I mean, we've stayed, I know the, the reuse don't really there. It's an all-inclusive brand that they have everywhere. And, um, I've noticed they don't get a lot of, they don't really have a great reputation, but for some reason, like we were so impressed with the reuse palace in Cabo. Um, and we can't get anybody to go with us because the reputation that they have but we're like, no, this one must be different because we would go back again and again and again. Yeah. Um, there's two of them in Cabo and they're oh. right next to each other. So there's the Santa Fe and then the palace and the palace is great. I mean, it, we had a great experience. We've gone twice. So, I mean, I would, I would definitely recommend it and it's very economical. Um, it was a good spot, but nobody really wants to go back with us because they don't <laughs> want to give the Rio a shot. That's that's so. funny. Yeah, I do know some people are still hesitant about going to Mexico in general. And mm-hmm. so I feel like some people be, may be hesitant in regards to going. But do you feel like it's just specifically the resort? <laughs> um, in terms of, yeah, in terms of that brand of resort. Yeah, that's, wow. what I, that's the feedback I've gotten because like we stayed at the Ritz in Jamaica. I don't even know what part of Jamaica it was. Um, it was when I was like, six months pregnant. So anything was fine with me, Yeah, but we, it, it like was not great. Um, oh. and there was a Ryu right next to it. And I yeah. was like, we should go to the Ryu. The Ryu is great. You know, all this. Yeah. And, and they didn't, they didn't want to walk in there. And I was like, what in the world? So we have, we've had multiple friends that kind of not bash the Ryu, but just haven't given it a chance. But I don't think any of them have actually ever stayed at a Ryu. So, um, not, not sure. Not so they're sure, just really. going off of reviews, but that's really weird, especially when you so. know somebody that really loves it. That usually is a pretty good, yeah. um, kind of an indicator to kind of go check it out. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I haven't gone to Cabo, so I've only gone to Cancun and Puerto Vallarta on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you feel like you love about Cabo so much? I think we liked Cabo because there was so much more to do there. Um, like, sportsman wise, I'm sure at all the other places you can find like dune buggies through the desert and you can find like the deep sea fishing excursions. Um, 
but we, we had a great time there and it wasn't all just kind of sitting by the pool. Obviously yeah. those mm-hmm. things were extras. Um, but like we, we rented a Jeep one day and we drove up the coast, um, went to like hotel California. And then we went to a couple of the little cities, you know, oh, or cool. towns like right there on the water. Yeah. Um, so, so my husband doesn't necessarily like love just sitting on a pool chair right. all day. So, sure. um, we did a lot of excursions there. So I think that's one of the reasons we, we liked it. It's just, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I've been to some other resorts in Mexico. I should know where, but I don't know exactly what cities. Yeah. That's okay. Um, but I mean, they were great resorts as well and they were all inclusives. And, um, I think Puerto, Puerto Vallarta was one of them. Um, and it was beautiful too, but we didn't really get out much. And I don't know if that's just because the crew we were with or what, but that's, that's really why we love Cabo so much. Cause we feel like there's a lot to do other than just sitting on a pool chair. Yeah. Now, did you go with kids with this one or do you go just y- with you and your husband? Just myself and my husband. Okay. Um, yeah. So we went for our honeymoon and then we went back literally probably three days after I found out I was <laughs> pregnant Oh, and yeah. it was an all inclusive. So that kind of kind of put a damper on the trip. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but also <laughs> exciting at the same time. So yeah. you're expecting. Um, so no, we haven't gone with our, our son yet. We're actually like trying to plan our vacation for this year for October. And we're, we're planning on, you know, the group we travel with, we're planning on doing kids this year. So we're oh, trying to, to nail that down right now. And I yeah. keep saying like, let's go to the Rio and Cabo. <laughs> and they don't want to do it. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. But I think it would be good. You know, they had like, they did, I don't remember if they had a kids club specifically, but I want to say they did. And they had a lot of like games going on at the different pools and, yeah. and that type of thing. I mean, it is, it was definitely like when we came in on Friday afternoon, um, it was definitely like a party going on. So it yeah, just kind of depends right. on if, if you can keep your kids segregated from that, if sure. that's something that you, <laughs> you value or not kind of thing. So uh, I think that's a little bit of the hesitation, especially from my husband, uh, just to know if we could keep that separated or not. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, we, we, I grew up in Florida, so Florida, I feel like to me, like Florida is a great destination to go and do with kids. You know, yes. you've got Disney, you got the right. Florida Keys, you've got mm-hmm. all the beaches and all the fun stuff. But growing up there, it's not really like a vacation for us. We actually still have an office there. So we're there all, we're, oh, we're there very often. I so. see. Yeah. So you want to yeah, get away so, uh, from that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. That makes sense. No. Well, mm-hmm. I love that. Well, let's get started. And how about you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today? Okay. Yeah. So, um, basically I, I never really knew what I wanted to do when I grew up. So I'll just, I'll just take you back to that point, um, and kind of be quick about the answer in the same manner. But basically my mom was kind of talking to my brother, um, who's a year older than me about what he wanted to do when he grew up and kind of trying to prep him a little bit for thinking about college. And, and this was probably, you know, I was middle school, high school, not sure really where in there, but, um, she said something about like, would you, would he like to lay out magazines in terms of like building the pages of magazines? And I was like, man, I never even really thought that there was like somebody who did that. I figured I just looked at like a magazine and it was just a magazine. You right. know, I think about the workings behind it. Um, so for some reason that really stuck out to me and that is what I wanted to do is I wanted to lay out magazines. So, um, I kind of followed a guy around college and didn't really go to college for what I probably should have gone to college for. Um, I went to Florida state and they did not have a graphic design specific program. You had to go through studio art and, um, I had never taken an art class. I can't draw a picture. If you asked me to draw like a stick figure, it'd be the worst (laughs) one in the world. So, um, that was tough. I had to do, you know, life drawing classes. I had to do watercolor painting the whole nine yards of just fine art for two whole years of school. Um, so that was super challenging. And then once you got through that, you got to start getting into graphic design and getting on a computer the whole time during that period, I was like, no, all I want to do is lay out magazines. Um, and they were like, you need to expand your horizons. Like there's so much more you can do with a graphic design, you know, sub degree or whatever you want to call it. I think I had a specialty in graphic design. Um, you know, expand your horizon. No, no, no. I want to do magazines. That's all I want to do. So finish school, um, learn some stuff in school, probably not as much as I could have because I didn't go specifically for like a graphic design full, you know, degree. Um, and then I went to New York city to try and get an internship at one of the, you know, the teen magazines there. So I went to 17, I went to lucky, I went to Cosmo girl. Um, 
they were they're 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 so quick to take free work um they all were like yeah come on you know whenever you want to come you can start you know so i ended up moving to new york city didn't know a soul and interned at cosmo girl for four months wow um obviously didn't make a dime doing yeah that. new york city is probably the most expensive place exactly. on it. well probably not anymore but it was very expensive um coming right out of college you know had had hardly no money to my name um, so I stayed there and did that internship. I worked as a server um, at night just to, you know, make ends meet. And sure. my mom helped me out a lot there and getting an apartment, getting set up, that type of thing. Um, so I was there. I, I finished my internship, um, started kind of like exploring the job market up there. Uh, very different from who I am today. Um, our our company, Nice Branding, is very, is very girly and feminine and um, just uh, cheeky and all that. And when I went there, I was literally like Anne Hathaway on the Devil Wears Prada. Um, <laughs> I came from a pri- private Christian school where we had to wear khakis or skirts to our knees and like a, a shirt with a collar every day. Yeah. So my uniform was literally like khakis and a polo shirt while walking into Cosmo Girl. No makeup, hair never dyed, none of that kind of stuff going on. So I was definitely fish out of water. Yeah. Um, but but it was cool. Um, I learned I learned uh, I learned some at Cosmo Girl. Um, I got to see the inner workings of the magazine. I, I would have to say that it looks great on my resume, but in terms of kind of what I took from that, I took a I took something to put on my resume. Yeah. Um. So I, uh, you you had to have experience to get a job in New York City in our field. I didn't have that, so um, I ended up sticking it out for maybe another three months or so, and then it started snowing, and I was like, I'm out of here. So I moved. Um, <laughs> I moved back to St. Pete. And in St. Pete, I got a job. I had an interview actually the day like I moved home at Florida Trend Magazine. And that was for an associate associate creative director, basically, um, which was jumping in pretty, pretty like pretty high title there for coming right out of school. So the title didn't so much matter. It was just more kind of getting in somewhere and doing magazine design. Um, I worked there for three years under an art director named Gary Burnlore, and he was incredible. He probably taught me everything I know today, and I owe my life to him. Um, I managed eight annual publications under Florida Trends. So they have wow. small business, Florida, different things. So I was doing those on a yearly basis, putting together all the design for it, all the proofs, um, all the production, that type of thing. Um, so I learned a whole heck of a lot because I was in charge of a lot of stuff, um, it was great. Uh, Gary is still at Florida Trend as the art director. And then Florida Trend is a monthly publication. And then they have the annual ones underneath it that I managed. But the, the monthly publication also had an associate art director um, that, wor- that worked on them monthly as I did for the annual. Um, both of those two guys are still there. So all that kind of just to say that there wasn't a lot of room for growth there. Mm. It was a great job and I learned a lot, but I kind of felt like I, after doing it, you know, three rounds of the same magazines, I kind of was looking for something else. Um, I had also met my husband about that time and he lived in Lakeland. Um, and my job was in St. Pete. So I would find myself every, you know, Friday after work, driving in, driving back home to Lakeland, which is my hometown, um, staying there for the weekend and then going back to St. Pete for work on Monday. So I just kind of decided to take the leap and, um, and start freelancing. So I got a small, small apartment in Lakeland and, uh, just began kind of putting word out there that I was a graphic designer and, and doing the work. Um, very word got around very, very quickly. Um, I got, I got extremely busy very fast. Um, and at that point it was, it was, I think that was probably three years of freelancing led me to needing to hire somebody. Wow. Um, which was mm-hmm. great because I didn't, I didn't do advertising. It was all kind of spreading word of mouth or various contacts that I had from being, you know, from growing up in Lakeland my whole life. And, um, so, so that kind of all, that kind of all happened and evolved before I knew it. I had too much work to handle. Um, and essentially I had to hire somebody. So I started looking, Um, I went through a couple hires and couldn't find the right person. Finally, believe it or not, Sonia, who actually is still working for me today. um, She's an amazing art director. She's very talented. And I hired her from Craigslist. 
Oh, and wow. this is back yeah. in the day yeah. of Craigslist. Yeah, and, you could do that then, and and, and yeah. it could work out really well. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And um, it was a funny story. Is uh, the day so we had the interview, and I was interviewing on weekends because I was so busy during the week, I didn't have time to interview anybody. So I said, "Hey, can you come interview with me on Sunday?" Um, I had a small office in downtown Lakeland, and so I wanted to meet at a coffee shop because I didn't want to be meeting people in a small office by myself that I had right. found on Craigslist. Sure, you know? yes, so yeah. <laughs> she was a little weary as well. She's like, you're interviewing me in a coffee shop on Sunday. Anyway, long story short, it worked out. <laughs> uh, the day I offered her the job, her her house fell in a sinkhole. So um, she, it, it she fell into didn't, what? Wait, what? It fell in a sinkhole. Oh, like, a sinkhole. Actually, like, yeah. Oh, so my goodness not emailing me back once I, you know, offered her the job and, and I'm like, what's going on? Why isn't this girl emailing me? So she's like, I know this is a crazy excuse, but it it really is true. My house fell in a sinkhole and I haven't had access to email for two days. And so that was, it was just crazy story, but yeah, she's been there. And so, I mean, honestly, Sonia has been really instrumental in the growth. She's helped me a lot, um, in terms of doing the design work. So she does a lot of the design work along, alongside of me. Um, and, and we've just kind of grown. I mean, I never had the, I never had the dream to own an agency of any kind. I never had the dream to have employees. Um, but we work really hard and I think we do great work. And so I think that's kind of a a growth is a result of that. Sure. Um, probably about four years ago. Um, well, okay. So my son is four and I would say right about the time he was about four to six months old. My husband and I were both in very high stress jobs. Um, nice branding was stressful. I was doing everything from invoicing to any kind of social, any kind of blogging, taking care of the clients, taking care of the job. And I had maybe like two employees at that time. So a lot of pressure in terms of keeping a business going that was operating with employees and taxes and invoices and, and everything like that. Um, we started out like, we started out super small and we were, we didn't have any kind of time tracking stuff. We were writing all of our time down and they were giving that to me. And then I was building an invoice from that. And, you know, I would go through the invoices every couple of weeks to see who hadn't paid, who had paid. So there was no like business structure in the business. There was just a girl with a computer who did good graphic design work and it just kind of grew. Mm. But going back to four years ago when we had the kid, we had to make a decision. And so we said, you know, we, we basically looked at each other and said, all right, who's going to quit? You know, who's going to, who's going to, who's going to quit to either like be the sole parent kind of deal. That's probably not good wording for it, but <laughs> um, I, mean, I know who's what you gonna, mean. Like, ultimately be in charge of the kid <laughs> and who's going to ultimately be the one that's working to make money. So, um, I guess kind of instead of building my my husband's boss's empire, we decided to build our own empire mm, in a sense yeah. and mm-hmm. um, kind of work towards a goal of making a life that we loved instead of kind of building a life for someone else to love. Sure. Um, I hate to say that because I think his employer was great and I think his job was great, but ultimately we saw a lot of opportunity with nice branding and um, he decided to come on board. So that was super scary. I mean, he quit a job that had a great salary. Yeah. Nice branding wasn't what it is today necessarily. Um, it was stable, but it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, I don't want to say indestructible because it's always indestructible. Sure. Um, yeah, but I know it, it just wasn't at the same level that it's yeah, at today. So right. it was very, very scary. And then also just kind of the whole, like working with your husband, what's that going right. to do yeah. with your relationship? Yeah. So we went, we went through getting a lot of advice on, on that move before we made it. Part of that move was also, um, in an effort to move to Franklin. Uh, we we came to Franklin about seven years ago and fell in love. I went back and said, I'm moving there. Everybody thought I was crazy. But you now, know, how did you I'm find here. out? How, how, so, so we kind of skipped this a little bit. So, um, so we'll just jump back a little bit so th- that you live in Franklin, Tennessee, right? Or is your business just in Franklin, Tennessee? No, I live in Franklin, yep. Tennessee yes. now. I'm okay. from Lakeland. So the business was started in Lakeland. Okay. There's still an office in Lakeland with employees there. And so then about three and a half years ago, we moved We moved to Franklin and kind of started another portion of it. It all works together seamlessly. Yeah. Um, we don't have like people who work on just Lakeland and people who work on just Franklin. Like we all oh, work gotcha. together as one united team and oh, one cool. united front. Yeah, yeah. So how did you even find out about Franklin, Tennessee? Um, so we had some friends, uh, that moved here, actually my brothers. 
some of his good friends moved mm-hmm. up here about seven years ago from Florida. Okay. Um, my brother came up to visit and we were all buds. So we decided to oh, kind of yeah. tag along. And, and, and so we came probably, you know, at the, I think it was probably the peak of spring. So one of the most beautiful times, um, up here. Yes. And yeah, so kind of, kind of came up for the weekend and just, just loved it. Loved the people, loved how nice the people were. Um, we wanted to raise our kid here basically yeah. mm-hmm. is, is what I boiled down to. Um, and you know, I think both of us thought it, thought it was out of reach, but it's just it's just kind of crazy how things actually do can work out. So well, when now, he quit, sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. No, you can finish yourself. You go ahead, finish okay. your thought. <laughs> um, yeah, when he quit his job, that was kind of like step one of of the move. He worked in Lakeland in the Lakeland office. We we worked there together for about a year or so, and then we said like okay, I think this business thing together is working out. We're growing. Things are settling down. Do we want to look at putting our house on the market in Lakeland? The housing market in in Lakeland is nothing like the housing market in Nashville or Franklin. Um, Houses do not sell quickly there, uh, so to speak. I mean, I think it's it's very different now, but at that time it was not. We put our house um, on the market and had an offer within, I think, like a day or two. Um, So it was just kind of everything just fell into place. So we just knew that this was where we were supposed to be. And, you know, we came and came up the next weekend and found a house here. And so everything just kind of aligned. And and there we were. We were, you know, packing up and moving to Franklin, Tennessee. Like, who would have thought? Yeah. No, that's cool. Now, what what made you decide to keep the office versus saying, you know what, we're moving here and we're just going to have one office instead of trying to manage two different ones? Um, mainly because we had a lot of local based clients in Lakeland and our staff, uh, our staff was kind of, a lot of our staff was tied to Lakeland. So we, we, we still have a lot of people on staff that were there when we left. Mm -hmm. Um, so we kind of let that operation work. So I was able to still be involved on a daily basis, but just not necessarily be like directly in the office as I had been. So we continue to operate just there and kind of expand our reach, so to speak. Just like with everything else in this business, it's all happened very organically. Mm. Like we didn't really have a plan where we were like, okay, let's go to Franklin. And once we build a team, we're going to (laughs) put these people on our team and then we're going to advertise here, here and here. And these are the clients we're going to go after. Like, like everything with this business has just evolved naturally. And as we make mistakes, we make adjustments. And as we, we have like, you know, when we have successes, we make adjustments and, and that type of thing. So it's, it's really all just been a huge, huge learning experience is really what I can chalk it up, chalk it up to. Yeah. You know? Well, I was going to ask you what, what made you start, um, nice branding and how did you come up with the name? So nothing really made me start it. It was just really about like when I moved from St. Pete to Lakeland and I started freelancing and then I had so much work that I could either say no to the work and hope I had work tomorrow. So that's kind of a key key point there is that as a freelance designer, you know, it sounds like a super awesome job and it sounds like it's going to be great and you're going to be able to do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it. But when you get work, and you have too much work and you say no to that client because you have too much work, yeah. that client may not come back. To sure. You. Yeah. So, and then you're working on this, these, these other clients and two of them leave. And then all of a sudden you find yourself with no work. So it's very much a feast or fam- famine kind of, kind of position when you're working as a freelance designer. Um, so I felt like I needed to continue to take on work to, to build the business. And honestly, like, I don't even remember a time when I was like, yes, this is what I want to do. This is, this is what I want to do. I want to build a branding agency. You know, there was never like that turning moment in my life. I think, um, I think over the past probably four years since my husband's come on board, we've definitely kind of been more strategic in a business mindset of how we're doing things. But even, you know, hiring for positions and trying to make sure you have enough have enough income to cover the positions you need like that, that, that doesn't necessarily always like happen. Like we're not getting an investor and saying, Hey, we need X, Y, and Z to make this place operate. We're kind of more like getting somebody that we like that can wear multiple hats and we're kind of all going at it together. So it's kind of chaotic at times, but for some reason it's working. Yeah. And how did you come up with the name? Um, so the name, it kind of evolved. We, we were, we definitely did not start as nice branding agency. 
um, we, we were a couple different names before that until I kind of actually learned how important a name was for a business, um, and that there needed to be meaning behind it. But I mean, essentially we, 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 we just came up with it. I mean, we thought like, Hey, people say like, Oh, that's a nice business card. or Oh, that's a nice ad. Or, Oh, that's a nice this, or that's a nice that. And so I was like, dude, we should call ourselves nice branding agency. Cause like people say everything we do is nice. And then like from there, I kind of started thinking about how like our industry is really cutthroat and very competitive, not necessarily in the Nashville landscape, but in the Lakeland na- landscape, it's like, it's just, there's so much competition and the agencies are just so like detrimental to each other instead of building each other up. So we really wanted to have that connotation of being like the nice group that will help you, even if you're going to leave us kind of thing yeah. um, as, as a client. And then just, you know, just, just remembering to, to be nice to people. Cause it really does matter. You know, all this bullying in schools. And, you know, I just even think back to when I was in school of how, how mean the girls were and how mean I could have been to somebody and, and like, why, you know, like, let's just be nice to people. So, um, I mean that, that kind of has evolved as well, um, as like one of our, our, our core, core values and stuff. And a lot of our values kind of align with that. Um, but essentially it's, it's just a, it's just a reminder on a daily basis to be nice and to do nice work. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I I like to ask a lot of women who have a business of some sort, um, did you ever feel like you wanted to quit? Every day. (laughs) And that's usually (laughs) a lot of times their answer. And so what what do you feel like has kept you going, um, knowing that it's been a lot of work and it's been hard many times? Um, well, there is a trade-off. I can either answer to somebody else or I can answer to myself. I can build my own destiny with the work that I'm going to do, or I can build somebody else's destiny. Um, I think oftentimes I could see myself going and working somewhere and, um, being able to add a lot of value due to the expanse of diversity in my experience that I've had with running an agency. Um, but ultimately I've got my husband wrapped into this. I've got girls that work for me that I care deeply about. I mean, our employees are family to us. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of, I kind of feel a responsibility or Mm -hmm. a weight to keep it going. Not, not necessarily for my own good, but because I have a lot of people depending on this place being a business. Um, I also really love the flexibility. I say flexibility very, very lightly because it is not flexible. It is, it is very demanding. And if I do take off time, it is hardly ever taking off time. Um, it is now to the point where I have a very solid team that can run the place without me, Mm. but it's taking me 10 years to literally be able to take a vacation, like a vacation to where I don't have to check my email for one day. Right. Um, so there it, but, but I do love that I can have, flexibility when needed. And I can offer my employees the same. Um, and that's one of the big factors in running this place is where we're, I have basically all women that work for me besides my husband. And, um, I want to offer them flexibility to be a mom, to be a woman, to, to be a, a career minded woman as well, you know, to have a career and to be a mom yeah. and to be a good wife. Um, so we kind of all have each other's backs in that. Like if, if you got to take off and go to a PTA meeting, or if you've got to take off and go take your kid to the doctor, or you need to go be at a play, or you need to just be there for your kid that day. Like we've got your back. We can, you can work flexibly. You can just make sure your stuff's done. So that's one of the differentiating factors of, um, of our firm is I don't just want the flexibility, but I love that I can offer my friends that same flexibility in terms of still getting a paycheck, but being able to have a life kind of thing. Yeah, no, I Um, love that. I love that. So I feel like many women have great ideas and they just don't know where to start. So do you have any advice that you could share to help get the ball rolling? um, Well, I think just get started. Like just do something to start every day. Um, I it's hard. It's honestly very hard for me to remember back when I started the business. Um, I think with the experience I have now, if I would have started it maybe like two or three years ago, I would have started in a completely different manner of being very, very strategic about it and like planning it out well. But I think sometimes we get caught up in like making, okay, so instead of, 
instead of doing what's on the list, we get caught up in making list after list after list. So our like doing time is actually consumed with list making instead of actually just doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I see that from a lot of employees that have, that have come and gone as well is like, they're so focused on just like making the list. I'm like, dude, quit making a list and just jump in and do the first thing on that list. And then you won't have, you know, you won't necessarily have to have a list so to speak, like lists are great, but don't be scared to just like get started and get your hands dirty and just go and see where it takes you. Um, I would probably say if there's like one testament of this business is exactly that. Like, like I said, I had no dreams or aspirations of even having a business, but just doing what I loved, like I've, I've built a life around doing what I love and it just doesn't get any better than that. You know, I mean, yes, I would love to quit every single day because of the stress of it, but it's also really cool that like all, like I turn around and I'm running, I'm running a business based around doing what I'm good at and what I love doing. And I, I think probably that right there is what a lot of people are searching for. Like they, they hate their job and they, they want to get out and they want to do what they love. Um, but also you're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to work so hard. Like there's probably nothing I hate more than like one of these multi-level marketing people coming to me and being like, Hey, can I come to your office and sell my stuff? Because my dream is to stay home with my kid. And I'm like, sure. Why don't you come in and take time from all these girls who have to leave (laughs) their kids on a daily basis to sell your stuff so they can pay for you to stay home with your kid. I'm like, no, that's not going to work, you know, kind of thing. So I just, I just really, really value hard work. And I think, I think, you know, it's great if you can make like, residual income where you're not having to work so hard or that kind of thing. And if you get there, that's great. But I really do think that's, that's a dream for a lot of people, but there's nothing better than like having hard work pay off, so to speak. So I would just say, get started, get your hands dirty and don't get so caught up in, in, in like worrying about like, if you're doing it perfectly or if you're making a mistake, because we've learned so much from the mistakes we've made, but we're still kicking. You know. Yeah, I agree. And I would say too that the people that are doing the multi-level marketing, uh, when, when you see the ones that are doing really well, like they sound very similar to you. I mean, as much as they have that flexibility, and I like that you really emphasize that you're like, you know, you don't want people to just think, well, I have so much flexibility that I only work one day a week. And it's like, no, I mean, it's really hard to get away from the business. And so I feel like with anything, including MLMs, it's like, if you're doing really well, then most likely you are hustling because nothing just kind of takes off by itself and that you don't have to ever nurture it, you know? So yeah, I, I think that's a good point that you brought up. And so this also leads me into the next question with you doing branding and stuff like this, um, I would love for you to share um, when it comes to marketing your business, what is one thing that stands out to you that people may be doing wrong? And what what would you recommend for them to do? That, that, is, a, that is a pretty, um, I guess that question is, is hard in a number of different reasons, but I'll give the best answer I, I can. Sure, I would, yeah, for you. Mm-hmm. I would probably say that... Um, Consistency is important. Um, I would probably say that availability is important. Mm. Um, I would probably say that your perception to others is important. So um, let's see. How can I kind of wrap all this up? Basically, if, if somebody comes to me and they're starting a business and they have a very, very small budget, um, I try and at least get them a, a logo. Because that logo is going to be probably on or should be on Mm -hmm. everything that they do. And that's kind of the foundation for a lot of branding and graphic design is is the logo. Because you've got fonts in there. You've got colors in there. You've got kind of an overall aesthetic and look in there that's kind of giving off a vibe. So getting that right is is pretty important. But um, I, I would probably say that, like, I don't necessarily see people doing things wrong. But I do know when somebody comes to me for a small budget, I kind of... I kind of talk through that with them. Um, I kind of try and help them with basics that they can build off of. So if it's somebody doing like interior design, I give them a brand board where they can reference to say like if they pick out a chair or they pick out this or they pick out that, they can reference back to that and be like, yes, this matches or no, this doesn't match kind of thing. I also try and help them kind of get off the ground with like themes for social media or different templates that they can use or, or just like the, the key things that a lot of people are going to see. 
Um, and I think that's probably where people kind of get tripped up sometimes. They, they're not able to kind of understand like, okay, this is going to be out there and I need to have a professional cohesive image portrayed so that I look professional, so that I don't look like a mom who's running my business with like a three-year-old in the background, you know, right. mm-hmm. spilling their cereal while I'm on a conference call kind of thing. So yeah. I think like th- your appearance is super important, just kind of in the same way, like your personal appearance is important when you go out, you know, when you're going out to meet friends or you're going out to dinner, like, um, my, my, my friend and I have this, this thing that we, we've been saying for years and it's always look your best. And I think the same thing applies for business is you never know who's going to see that or when they're going to see that or what it could lead to. So always look your best. So are you saying you don't wear yoga pants? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. That, that's kind of gone out the window, you know, but um, it's just funny because we A-L-Y-B like that just like stays in my head because we've said it so many times. But but I, I really do think it's true. Like in, in uh, nice branding, our look has evolved so much and the girls who work on the nice branding stuff get so aggravated at me because I just won't let certain things go through. Um, but, you know, I, I never know who's going to see that that Facebook post or who's going to sure. see this or who's going to see that and what that could lead to or what perception it could put in their mind if it's wrong and they're never going to come back and see us again. Right. So first impressions are huge. And then just overall, um, overall aesthetic and, yeah. and, and appearance. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, however, I do wear yoga pants, but um, I just <laughs> thought that was funny. Um, so with social media being so big these days, um, it, if you have any kind of business, even MLM or your own brand or blog or whatever it may be, um, you have to use social media. And I was thinking it would be great to have you break down some tips for us and share what you feel is critical for people to be doing um, and to be success, uh, successful at it. Yeah, um, I can definitely do that. I'll, I'll start with kind of the three C's and that's uh, cohesion, creativity, and consistency. If you get those three C's right on social media, then you're pretty much, you're pretty much set to succeed in one way or another. Um, consistency, you need to make sure you are posting consistency consistently. If you're blogging, you need to have a blogging schedule. So you need to make sure that you're not just like, hey, I'm going to throw up three blogs this week and then you're not going to hear from me for a month. You need to space those blogs out on, on a, on a schedule that is, that is doable for you. Same with posting. Don't just go posting whenever you, you know, whenever the wind's blowing and you feel like throwing something up, have some kind of consistency to your posting schedule. Creativity, be funny, like find out what your brand's personality is and play off of that. And don't start posting until you know that, um, you know, that kind of, kind of goes against what I said before about like, just get started. But also remember that like the second you start, the second people are going to start looking and that first, first impression is very important. So creativity, making sure your graphics look good and making sure you're creative in the way that you're speaking or saying things or posting text, that type of thing that that's important. So we've got consistency, creativity, and the third one is cohesive. And with that, you want to just make sure that your brand is aligned. You want to make sure it's cohesive. You want to make sure it's following some kind of parameters. So um, don't be like putting your like, you know, everybody knows like the Instagram like feed and how like all the little famous Instagrammers, their feeds are all like have the same filters on them or they look the same way. And the you know, if like the photos are either in your face or they're back out and they have a lot of negative space around them. There is consistency and cohesiveness. There is cohesiveness within that. And that is a, that is a big factor. That is going to be looked at from a design perspective. Um, it may not be, it may be something you need to get outside help with, but it does need to sit, stay cohesive. So um, when you look at like a brand like Madewell, you can see every single thing that Madewell puts out has this cohesive nature of not over the top hippie like Lucky Brand. But um, it's got some kind of like hippie, very natural, very um, simplistic style to it. Um, on the other hand, J. Crew is very preppy, and every single thing you see from them is like preppy and fun. Kate Spade, same thing. Everything you see that comes out of Kate Spade, it kind of gives you that same kind of feeling of that brand personality. So you really got to distill down what your brand personality is, and then image image wise, like build from that. Yeah. And would you say that like with posting and stuff um, that you really do need to figure out how often you are going to post in a day or is there a magic number that you feel like 
you should be posting daily? I don't, I do not think there's a magic number mm. and I don't think there's a magic time. Okay. Um, I think that's all, I think your magic number is what you can make happen, um, consistently. So I, I would say like, if you can make five posts happen a day, then you go and make, make five posts happen a day, but you're probably going to be pulling your hair, hair out for no reason at all. Cause right. you don't need to post five times a day on social. Right. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. But essentially, like, I do think it is important to first, like, set your goal of what what you want to do on social, like why you are even posting to social and what what your end goal is so that you can you can see if you're meeting your goal. Um, I think the next thing you need to do is like establish the networks that you want to be on and and figure out like where your target client is or your target market is. So if it's if it's women, it's going to be Facebook, it's going to be Pinterest, it's going to be Instagram, you know, um, so probably not Twitter, you know, that kind of thing. So, right. but it, it doesn't always, it doesn't hurt to also post to those. Cause some, there are a lot of women on Twitter, but it's not the main, but kind of establish what your networks are going to be. Um, and, and don't, don't try and do like all of them at once. Like you can just start with Facebook and Instagram and you'll be golden. And then once you kind of get that down, then you can say like, all right, let me, let me start with Twitter and don't worry about trying to post all different things on all different networks at the beginning, just get get one post and make sure it's sites for Facebook and post it to Facebook and then make sure it's sites for Instagram and post it to Instagram kind of thing. Um, so establishing the networks would be like your second step. And then number three would be just, just setting, setting up a, a content calendar and, and making sure that you have the days kind of that you want to post. So like, let's say you're going to post on Tuesdays and Thursdays, like knowing that you have content for three months worth of posting so that you, you don't have to, um, you don't have to be worrying like next Tuesday and when your when your kid's homesick from school, like, what am I going to post? Cause I can't post today cause I got to take care of my kid or like dinner just burnt or whatever it may be that you're dealing with. Like you don't want to be dealing with, with posting as, as well. Um, I'll get to scheduling in a second, which will kind of help, help out with that. But when you are developing your content calendar, I mean, the, the best way to do it is think of it in, in theme buckets. So uh, just as you have like your different kids Easter baskets and they're all kind of like liking a different thing, you can take and and, and imagine that you have these buckets of themes. So um, one theme could be like my favorite outfit. Um, another theme could be like my favorite brand. Another theme could be uh, what I wear on Saturday kind of thing. So so get your bigger buckets of themes set out and then start filling those themes with post text. So if you think bigger picture and then little picture of filling them with, with post text, then rotate through those themes. And then before you know it, you'll have a content calendar established that was pretty simple to, um, to, to build. Then once you get your content calendar established, you can look into, um, you can look into scheduling, scheduling software, Hootsuite and Buffer, Social Sprout and OnlyPult. Those are all great, um, great uh, scheduling apps that you can use. A lot of them have free features as well, especially if you're just managing one, one or two or three, uh, typically under five. I'm not sure of the logistics there, but sometimes they're free. Sometimes they have, you know, minor fees with them. Um, Buffer and Hootsuite are probably the two most popular ones. Only Poll is one of the only schedulers that I've found. So this is a big secret. Um, only schedulers that I've found for Instagram that actually don't require any kind of phone connection. Um, in, uh, so can you say this, that name again? What's the name of that one? It's called OnlyPult. O-N-L-Y-P-U-L-T. Um, Hootsuite and Buffer kind of, they, they say they have Instagram, but you have to be logged into Instagram on your phone. And for somebody like me, you know, I have the nice branding Instagram. I have client Instagrams and I have, um, my personal Instagram. And I, you know, when I'm scheduling something, I could be logged into the wrong one and, oh, yeah. and then it doesn't, it doesn't go through because it actually has to be like on that account when, when it's posting. I see. Um, so only Pult's great for that because you can actually schedule in it and it works. Um, all of those also kind of give you, give you feedback, but I would definitely say like first thing, set goal. Second thing, establish your net networks. Third thing is build your content. Fourth thing is schedule. Um, before you kind of do any of that, you also need to make sure that your profile is like in tip top shape, make sure your vert, like you've filled it out to a T. Um, you've got a link to your website. If you have one, you've got, you've got some information on your company there, how they can contact you. Uh, your, your profile picture and your cover images are on point with your brand. 
Um, so just kind of checking over and making sure everything's, everything's aligned there. And then, um, I would probably, probably say that to get your art done, you should look into hiring a graphic designer, or if you're creative yourself, you may not need to do that. But I, but I do think that there is very, very high value in a graphic designer for businesses and social. Um, then I think once you start, you start posting, you need to make sure that you have some kind of monitoring strategy in place. Um, in terms of people commenting rudely or whatever it may be, you want to try and turn that that comment around. Um, if people do comment, you want to comment back or you want to like it and you want to do this in a timely manner. Um, so just make sure you've got some tools in place to where you can get those alerts on your phone or if you have somebody managing that for you, just make sure that make sure that that's taken care of because that will start happening and then your life is going on and then you start getting these alerts and you can't talk back to them or whatever it may be and that's not that's not good for social. Sure. Because you're kind of putting yourself out there and you need to be out there for them right, when they want to respond. talk back to you. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And I was going to ask you, you know, so a lot of people have their own, Insta- let's use Instagram. Um, they have their own Instagram account and it's under their name, right? And then they start a business of whatever. And then, you know, do you have any suggestions of like, do you just completely start over? Um, because now you have people following you right on, say, your personal, um, under your personal name, but then to start completely over, you're going to be starting at zero followers. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I think it really just depends on the kind of business that you're running. Like if you're running a business based around yourself, then I don't see why you would necessarily have to have like separate. Um, I would probably say that like, if you're, if you're a mom, if you're a mom running a business that, uh, okay. So I don't like, there's like fashion bloggers and stuff that I see on Instagram and, and they don't like, I follow them as the fashion blogger and I would, they, they put photos of their kids up, but they work it into their business. Mm, so, yeah. mm-hmm. um, there, there's a way that you can frame those types of posts to where you don't necessarily need to have like a personal one and a business one. I gotcha. um, but I, w- I will say that struggle is there. And I, I would say like, you know, it's kind of one of the things that are, that are pretty current on my plate as well. Like I have a personal one and then I, I kind of want to have one that's a little bit more geared to business, but mm-hmm. you know, like, I, I'm not going to, I'm going to just have my, I'm going to just have Amy. This is my life. I run a business. I'm a mom. I have a husband. I do things with my friend, friends on the weekend, but, um, I am also, you know, working to set myself up as an expert in branding. So I'm going to be putting a lot of different work things on there, but they will be valuable work things. They're not just going to be, you know, overloading my friends with work things. So that's where those themes really Mm. come into play of making sure that you're versatile with them. So I'm going to have I'll be having like branding stuff on mine. I'll be having like encouragement to um, graphic designers themselves who are growing in their career. I'll be having stuff about my son. I'll have stuff about my, my husband. I'll have stuff about Jesus. You know, I'll have like all these different buckets that I'll be filling, but it will be it. So it won't all just be one bucket is what I'm getting at. So I think you can definitely, um, you can definitely shift that. I mean, I would never have a, uh, let's say, um, uh, how, how can I frame this? Let's see. Um, basically I have it because I have, I have the want to have a business themed personal Instagram because I am a business owner in the level I'm at, but I don't think I would necessarily have that desire. Um, I haven't had that desire until this point. Let's put it that way. I've always had nice branding as an Instagram on its own. So it has nothing to do with Amy Dennis. Mm. Um, and I think one of the things I've learned over the course of the business is not to build it around myself, even as I built it up myself. Um, because then you're, that just puts so much pressure on you as a person. So over the course of time, it's been very, very difficult to get the clients to not want to just talk to me and want to talk to my employees. It's been very mm -hmm. difficult to get the work, you know, if I don't do the work for them to like the work. So caution on day one Mm. is to not build the business around you as a person, Mm. but build a business around something, something else, a skill or a talent or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't let yourself get too personal in it. Yeah. I can see how that would happen. And, you know, so Amy, we're almost at the end of the show and I wanted to pick your brain about this because even with the podcast, I'm struggling with this and I wanted to know what your thoughts are. with working on the business versus working in the business. And have you figured out how to kind of really find that time to, you know, separate those two? Because, you know, it's like you're, you're, you're working in the business, right? To get it going. So for me, it's like the podcast, you know, interviewing all that stuff, but at the same time, I need to work on it 
And I'm just like, there's only so much time in a day. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just wondering if you have any thoughts on how you have figured that out over the years or what um, things that you have found are helpful in regards to doing that. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't say I figured it out, but I would say I've made a little headway, or at least I feel like I've, I've started to get there. Um, I mean, a lot of it is really like, it fluctuates because there are going to be times when your clients are more important than working on your business. And then Mm -hmm. your business, like, you know, when you get slow, then that's when you kind of think to work on your business. So I I don't think that's a good way to think about it though. Um, I try and personally carve out Wednesdays Mm. to be my day when I focus on business types of things. Um, I'm lucky because I have a larger staff now and I can, I can have people help me do the things I need to do for the business. Sure. Um, but I, I do think that there is value in at least trying to have a day carved out to where I'm working on business development type of items. Um, whether that be working on our website or working on blogging or working on a social calendar or whatever it may be, um, or, or processes within the business, that type of thing. Um, processes within a business are huge. I, I said earlier, if I would have started the business three years ago, I would have done it differently. And I would have set up so many different processes than I started with. Um, you know, and, and you may not be able to set a process right away, but I think that kind of really plays into, you know, everything like everything is in your head and you're the only one. So you're going to get questioned all day, every single day about every single question because you're the only one who has the answer. (laughs) So setting processes out will really save you down the road if you do grow kind of to a, to a higher level. Um, but, but ultimately, yeah, I mean, I carve out Wednesdays and that's when I work on the business and I'll, I'll be the first to say that every Wednesday I don't get to work on the business. Right. Um, but Wednesdays are the day that I shoot to do most of my business work. Um, when I, when I was back, back in the day when it was just me and Sonia and I was doing invoicing and everything like that. I mean, I just worked all the time. Like I literally worked all the time. Like I never stopped working, you know? So, and I, I think like, you know, that's what I say. It's, it's the value of hard work and man, I'm, I'm waiting for the day when it pays off, <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, I mean, it is, it is here. I think I have a, I think I have a great life and I, I love what I do and I, I love the business. It's so stressful at times, but there's also times when I get to just totally do what I want to do, you know, yeah, and, and I, I get to choose. And, and so, but, but it's, it's, it has come with nothing less than a lot of sacrifice, a lot of hard work. And I've still got a lot ahead of me, but I think one day I'll look back and say like, that's cool. You know? Yeah. yeah. So. No. And I love that. And so as we wrap up, where can people find you on social media and your website? Um, so our website is nice dash branding.com. And then most of our handles on social, I know Facebook and um, Instagram is nice branding. Okay, perfect. Well, Amy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I know that all the moms out there that are running businesses, even if it's a side hustle, they will be able to walk away with some great marketing tips. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. And there you have it. If you haven't already subscribed to the Mom Inspired Show, please do so at iTunes or Stitcher. That way you won't ever miss a brand new episode every Tuesday. Thank you as always for listening to the Mom Inspired Show. See you next week.